Hey everyone, this is RJ, host of The Popsicle. Every fifth episode of the show will be a book review. So for the fifth episode that is coming out on March 4th, we will be reading Rachel Bloom's book, I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. So make sure you grab a copy. I'll post a link on the description of this video so you can buy uh, a copy. All right, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Popsicle, a sweet new show where a guest and I lap up what's new in pop culture. My name is RJ from RJ's Food Rocks, and today we have a very special guest for a very special episode. This man, oh, what can I say about this man? This man is a wonder dad, and this man knows uh, where the money resides. <laughs> it's Aloysius. Hi, Aloysius. How's it going, man? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty excited. Been waiting to chat with you about this for a few weeks now since we started you know, talking about it, so I'm looking forward to it. Today on The Popsicle, we will be unwrapping the 2020 Disney Pixar film, soul uh here's the uh too cold didn't joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected his true passion is jazz and he's very good but when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion he soon discovers what it means to have a soul so this movie was directed by pete doctor this movie was co-directed by him and kemp powers who also co-wrote uh the script with pete doctor alongside mike jones uh, Powers is the first black director on a Pixar film. So very historic. Uh, the conceit. Yes. Yes. About time, but we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, the conceit of the film was always about the discovery and travel to a world that no one's ever been and to answer important questions in a really fun way, which um, if you've seen other movies by Pete Doctor, he really loves this idea of kind of exploring really big uh, concepts in like animated films, which mm -hmm. we really love. The development of the main character, Joe, took about two years. Uh, they settled on making it a jazz musician as a profession that audiences would root for. So when jazz was incorporated into the project, they brought in several consultants to help make the character story authentic. So Quincy Jones, Herbie Hancock, John Baptiste, who ended up uh, doing a lot of the music that was used in the film. Um, and obviously Questlove and David Diggs, who were also in the cast, also contributed to the music. And this, I thought this was really interesting that the animation used a lot of footage from Baptiste and other uh, musical performers to really animate the sequences so you can actually retrace the keys which is crazy to me that you can yeah. actually retrace the keys and play they did it note by note so it, you are seeing what you are hearing that's yep. nuts <laughs> distinctly Pixar like no other I don't think of any other animation studio to take out the time to do that. The music score was done by Trent Reznor. Are you familiar? <laughs> um, and Atticus Ross and John Batiste, um, who did all of the music, the jazz music in the film. And let me tell you, this star-studded cast, Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Questlove, Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, and Angela Bassett as Dorothy Williams. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> We're going to start with the suite. Right off the bat, they start typically with all Disney films. They start with their own version of the Disney um, 
the Disney like fanfare and the fact that they did it in like a bad, like it was a bad jazz, like in the classroom. I thought it was hilarious. I yep. was like, I'm already in it. I'm already like <laughs> right away. I already know like what this man has to listen to like every day of his life. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. I thought it was, um, I thought it was really catching too. And, you know, cause it's like sort of like imperfect, and just the lineup of the characters, just like you said, that was like, you know, from the get go, I was like, I got to check this out. Um, all the characters were so like, they're just like really well created. Like Dez was so great. Like in immediately knew who that person was. So even like Dorothy Williams, who like first scene that you see her when she's in profile was like very Nina Simone. Like you were just like, oh, I don't want to mess with this woman. But also like she's, you know, you can just feel how amazing she is. And to... So the aunties of the tailor shop. Yes, yes. This it's like some of my aunties too. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I see you in it, you in it, you being like some of my aunts. And <laughs> even my mom, I was like, this is exactly something that she would tell me. But um Dez was like one of those guys that like he's like it's like the barbershop scene. I think that was like mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite ones. And the fact that um Kemp took the time to like insert that in there like really, really made that, you know, extra authentic because there's nothing more authentic than, or to to the culture for us, it's like, you know, a black barbershop. Dez was like one of those barbers that I've, you know, had over the years that, you know, will give me life advice and all that stuff. You know, I grew up in a single family household and, uh, you know, having somebody else to kind of give me advice too, like I, I totally felt that. And even though there's a, you know, age gap between them, like Dez still has that, you know, father figure. So like, yeah, I, just, totally. I just felt that. And the fact that like his hair, everything was just, like, just crisp. <laughs> I know. Des was probably one of my favorite characters, too. And I think he had one of the best scenes in the movie, too, because it was like when he was asking him, like, well, you know, what did you want to do? Have you always wanted to be a barber all your life? And he was like, no, I wanted to, like, you know, be a vet or like work for the animals. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I was doing this and I ended up realizing, like, the part that I like about this was the part that this happening right now. Like, I get to meet people and talk to people and. It's one of those things where like, you know, we prepare so much, I think, when we're young to like figure out what we want to do in life. And really, like you really honestly can't determine where you're going to go. You just kind of have to (laughs) take every opportunity. I'm glad that they illustrated that because I think too oftentimes we get in this like mindset that we have a plan before us. You know, like we go to college, you know, we may, you know, graduate from high school, Mm -hmm. go to college. And we have like our life sort of planned out. We think that that is like something that we should follow. It has to be structured. You know, he decided to do something else and that's okay. And so I think those are like some of the great subtleties that they put in the film and makes it, you know, the younger generation, you know, don't have to think that, oh, I have to like follow my life plan because if I don't, I'm like a failure. And so, you know, Dez, he enjoys his life and you can tell Mm -hmm. that. And so I just thought that was really great. So what you said just reminded me of that. And I felt the same way there in the dress shop, too, when he had that conversation with his mom, because, you know, it's like something that you never you never obviously want to talk back to your mom or you never Uh want to like Mm -hmm. you never want to cross that bridge. But, yeah, there gets to a point where it's like you have to be your own person. And I love that she was like a business owner, like she was like. Mm I've seen this before. I had to help your father out. I don't want you to do this Mm -hmm. all over again. There was a moment where like when the two 
coworkers were like watching their conversation and just like the way that they looked. <laughs> Adam and yeah. I were like, they were like, not this, first of all, not the like auntie hair, just like moving the way it moved. Yes, I was like, the oh. Yeah, I, I caught that. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I laugh every time I see that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they were so funny. But yeah, it's those small things that I feel like, oh, I know exactly where we are. I know exactly who these people are. There was that moment where the the Jerry's like, but I have my spark. I have my purpose. It's jazz. I don't know why, like whatever. And they, they kind of were like, oh, you musicians, you always think that that's, you know, like you artists, that's what you think you're is, but it isn't. Your purpose isn't your spark. You could be sparked by something else. And that's not, that doesn't mean that that's what you have to do in your life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's truly just like your spark. is just what makes you special or what makes you unique to be alive, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you have to do. And I was like, oh, okay, hold on, uh, hold on here. I what? Know. <laughs> I know, I know. Even after all these years, Pixar can still like talk to talk to the kid and us. I think it went over a lot of people's heads too, because I've been seeing like stuff on social media yeah. about, you know, it's too old, but we'll get into all that. The life lessons, like it spoke to me and I know it spoke to you because I, mm-hmm. I saw your posts and stuff. So I was like, yeah. I think like it definitely it was really interesting to have this movie come out when it did, because it would have been interesting. Like, let's say COVID never happened. I feel like I would have seen this movie and I probably Mm -hmm. would have had like a kind of like a similar reaction, but obviously like hit home a lot more because now is the time where it's like we're all at home and we're all really focused in on like what actually matters in our lives. Like if if taken away from literally everything else outside the world, what's important. And like, I don't know if they like knew that that was going to be like a hitting point. And so they really wanted to make sure that like, I don't know, they still released it, you know, during Mm -hmm. this year. Um, But I think, yeah, that, that really hit home characters that I really did enjoy um, was Terry, which was like the antagonist, I guess, like if you could say like they were a villain or like clearly the comic relief to try and be like, look, like we're doing, you know, they're trying to be like, you were supposed to die, basically. <laughs> so that was really interesting to kind of like make that the villain, but in a really like funny way. I don't know if there was like a deeper meaning behind it, because it seems like Terry has sort of like lost, like it seems like Terry lost like her spark. Mm-hmm. And like she's just so focused on making sure the count is right. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like she's just focused on that and that's the only thing. And so I wasn't for sure if at some point because um you know the Jerry said yeah everybody's named Jerry or you know I, I mm-hmm. think they alluded to that or said that. We see that Terry is Terry. So I yeah. I don't know if Terry changed her name at some point because she wanted to differentiate herself but Mm. I I just felt like there was some other like meaning with that and I haven't like quite pinpointed it but I don't I think Terry at some point in her in her life um you know sort of lost her spark and she just sort of found her found herself sort of you know going through the day-to-day grind meanwhile the rest of the Jerry's are just free-wheeled and just (laughs) loving it and they're just like nonchalant like okay the count's off terry was definitely comical relief 
but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Every um, time, especially when the music, when the music came on, like you just knew yeah. Terry was up to something. <laughs> they turn them into like the world is like an office. So it's like you have to, you know, oh, someone's file is missing or like, and it's just like, I don't know. They just are so obsessed with that. And I think I'm sure it comes with the whole like Disney culture too of like, yeah. you know, it is very corporate, even though like, you, you know, it's a very like, uh, family friendly brand. the The whole structure of 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 the Disney company is so corporate. So I do feel mm-hmm. like it's their way of kind of like playing around with that. Of like, look, we someone's life is just a file in like this giant like you know filing cabinet. I didn't even look at it that way, but like, I mean, they're just so like witty when it comes to stuff like that. So it, yeah. it just, I'm just always surprised when they, you know, illustrate you know things like that. When a popsicle, like it's a little too hot outside or we've we've hit the end, that's when it starts to get a little sticky. And yeah. I want to say this movie was very, there were a lot of people that, there was, whole, yeah, it's just like people couldn't really know what they thought of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, from a lot of the conversations I've had with friends, a lot of them has really been like, okay, it felt very weird that like Joe at the end didn't say that his purpose was to teach. He basically taught 22 and it's like, why wasn't that the lesson? And I felt like, I don't think that was the point. I don't think we were supposed to know what his purpose was. I think it was supposed to just show us the things that could be in your life that could be your purpose, but you had to decide. Right. I I agree. And um, like, again, I think I mean, we we both have been part of the storytelling mm-hmm. world and we know how, you know, the structure and stuff operates. And I think that, you know, again, it was left open ended. Just what Joe says, like, you know, she walked a mile in my shoes. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what they wanted um, their audience to feel like. And I think that, you know, like you said earlier, it, the movie came at a point in time when we needed it, yeah. believe it or not. And I think that think that Disney movies have to sort of follow the structure and mm-hmm. they have to um, sort of like tell you exactly what you need to do or know. You know, there, there, there has to be a beginning and an end and all that. And I think that the open endedness probably threw some people off. We should um, insert ourselves in their shoes and sort of look at our own, you know, sparks and figure out, you know, what what are we really living life and stuff like that. So that's what I kind of took out of it. Yeah, I think like a lot of the things that I heard were like, oh, you know, I think Inside Out did it better of like trying to explain a like big concept to yeah. children. But and I've noticed this like in Pete Doctor's movies, especially like he's really not interested in making a typical children's movie. Like I think he knows that like, look, we are like the leading company Mm -hmm. in making animated films why are we why should we make movies just to like you know i think we need to have like a point and like a purpose i appreciated it because it made i feel like yeah it's the time right now where everyone's thinking about the same thing we're Mm -hmm. all thinking inward we're all figuring out what we Mm want to do with our lives Mm -hmm. so i really it was like i think it it ended up being more timely and i think the open-endedness for me i think we're okay let's talk about the the really the biggest sticky i feel like from this movie is that why (laughs) why can't black characters just stay on their own bodies for the whole movie what is that about (laughs) that is the question of like 
of all time because I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe one day they'll, you know, be able to remain in the story as him or herself, you know, without transforming yeah. into anything. But I, I, I do like the fact that at least there was some representation with, you know, with a character and it had a good story, all that. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But yeah, so maybe one day. That was the the entire time I kept being like, okay, when it, the whole thing, the whole cat thing happened, I was like, wait, hold on, now he's a cat, <laughs> now he can't even be his own body. It was like, why? What are we? What are we trying to say by having like this white woman's voice come out of this? Back <laughs> I was like, okay, what is going on? But I was like, okay, it's the whole idea is to try to force her to walk a mile in his shoes. Yes, yeah. seeing his life, we are seeing like. I feel like a really good representation of like black culture, which is like the community. Like it is mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like the only thing they didn't do was like black Twitter, which I felt like we were this close to like getting Joe, like open up Twitter and being like, Oh, here's here, you know, <laughs> cause it is, it's so much about that like, <laughs> shared, shared experience. So that's why I'm glad mm-hmm. we got like the dress shop scene and the jazz scene and the barbershop scene because of that. Adam made a really like my husband Adam made a really good point when we watched it he was like it's this idea that like we have to like neutralize race so it's like it's not about race look we've neutralized yeah. it and they're just like an essence and I'm like why do why yeah. can't what let make it be about race come on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I you know I um funny funny you mentioned you like we're talking about culture and stuff I um there was a I can't remember the guy's name that was getting the cut when he went to like that convenience store. Mm-hmm. There was like a, there was um somebody had posted on Twitter that there was like a, a Puerto Rican flag um, on like the window or something. And I thought yeah. that that was, you know, great to include. So yeah. I just like how they're just so inclusive and like, they just subtly do that. And mm-hmm. it, there was a moment where like, yes, they're, they're super free in, in how soul is like, just like, they're just showing an accurate, like, you know, black depiction in New York. But I was like, I wanted to stay here. Like, it was cool to see (laughs) what it was like in the great beyond. But I was like, no, I want to go back to New York. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I feel I feel drawn to that, too. It reminded me of when I went to New York. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, like it's, you know, the the everything that they like, the buildings, everything was just, you know, just pull you right in. Even like the small, like, you know, when Connie came in to do her like tutoring of them, just like being in the like apart, the stairs of the apartment building. I was like, this is it. Like, this is this detail. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Look at us. We try to talk about the sticky and we end up talking about how much we love this movie. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, 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 and I'm sitting here trying to rattle my mind, like, what else was kind of like crazy or um, weird, weird that was a uh, sticky. I guess like the only thing I could think of was like Tina Fey. I mean, like, you know, she's fine. I, I, I know, think <laughs> I didn't even know it was Tina Fey. Until, it didn't uh, sound like her. Told me that. Yeah. Blown. All right. Well, let's wrap up this, this, this movie. So for the, for our like big takeaway, our wrap up, um, I think that some people were not really comfortable with how open-ended or vague this movie is, but I, I think you know, as we've both agreed, that was the point of it, right? Yeah. I think it was to really make us think about what you really value about your life and what makes you what makes you think about why you're here today. 
even even now, um, you know, my my three year old is you know constantly asking us to you know put on soul, and mm-hmm. I feel like you know at some point you know maybe he has his own little interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you know he was able to connect to it, you know, really really spoke to me in a sense that you know you don't have to live a perfect structured life, and it's okay if something doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And those were sort of my takeaways, and that. You know, it seems like we're we can discover and rediscover our sparks. And I think that we'll always be doing that throughout our life. And, um, you know, again, that's like sort of the the open endedness that I got from it. Yeah. I mean, look at me now. I'm cooking on YouTube. Like what? what (laughs) Which is great, by the way. Like everything that you've been cooking, I'm like, like, it's so appetizing, man. Thank you. It's, it's, yeah, it's been like a crazy thing that like, I haven't, you know, when I was little, I really wanted to be a chef. And like, when I moved to America, I was like, I'm going to be a food network star. That is my dream. And like, you know, I just, I gotta, I, it just didn't pan that way. So I'm like, well, I got the time. I might as well do it now. And, you know, never too late to pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And see, that's you just picking up on a, you know, a spark that you mm-hmm. had a long time ago. So I love that. And um, I, um, I like before the pandemic, I was never like a reader. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, no, well, since school, I used to read, you know, here and there. Yeah. And I just always felt like I didn't have time. And now yeah. that, um, you know, we're in, at home and all this stuff, I found myself back in books and I totally forgot all about, like, all about that world. And, mm-hmm. um, I have like a stack of books that I need to finish reading, but, um, you know, I just, I just like the fact that they put this out here when we need it to. And you know, all of our old sparks are coming back out. Thanks. I know. To, thanks. I know. Thanks. This movie. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to be looking out for your, uh, food network show. So <laughs> we'll see. You never, you, honestly, you never know what can happen. You so, never really. <laughs> know. You never know. So in every uh, episode that I do, I also actually make a recipe based on the pop culture that we did. Um, So I'm going to be posting it on the website, but I think I'm going to make like, so I've also been watching a lot of food like videos on YouTube and there's this one video type that always pops up on my feed. And it's like when people make the like Japanese cheesecakes, they're like this thick, they're so fluffy. Oh yeah. yeah. And when you like, you tap it and they jiggle. Yeah. And yeah. and that kind of like that whole thing reminded me of like the souls in the great beyond oh. of how just like bouncy and jiggly they are. So I think I'm going to make one of those. Um, but I think I'm going <laughs> to like make them blue. So try and figure out like the perfect like light blue color to do it and then maybe do like a fun flavor, like a bubblegum flavor or something, something fun like that. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Popsicle. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and let us know what you thought of the movie Soul. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you leave us a rating or a review and tell me what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear more in the future. Uh, You can find me on RJ Food Rocks. That's at RJ Food Rocks on all of the social media and my YouTube channel, RJ Food Rocks, premieres a new video every week. Aloysius, thank you so much. It's so nice to see you and so lovely to hear your voice and to talk about this movie. (laughs) Thank you, man. Thank you. I totally enjoyed it. And I hope you have a great rest of your year. And I know I'm going to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. This has been the Popsicle. Bye.